You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. Today we have Marcel Combs on with us. Um, Marcel, welcome so much for welcome so much to you for being here with us. Well, thank you so much, Katie. I'm so honored to be here, and I'm so honored to talk to any nurses who are interested in just jumping out on their own and doing some fun things. All right, awesome. Why don't you start off just giving us a little background about uh, your nursing career, and then we'll talk about where you are now and, and what you're doing. Well, I, I was one of those kids who um, just always wanted to be a nurse. I, I think probably in my age group, that was, you know, you, you had at least some expectations as a young a young girl in high school, you could be a teacher, you could be a nurse, you could, you could do some of those things. And, and, and I'm really, um, my parents never went to college, but I, I just always wanted to do that. And so I had um, actually a friend that was part of a church who said, hey, I go to this university. At that time, it was Dallas Baptist College, which no longer has a nursing program. Uh, it, it's bad when you outlive your nursing program, um, but, um, and so he said, they have a nursing program, and, and I'll take you over there, Marcel, if you want to go, and so we hopped in the car with him, and this was the 1970s, and I went over to the campus, fell in love with the, with the college, really, if you want to know the truth, and met with the nursing program, which had been a diploma program. And if anyone, there's, I think in Texas, there might only be one left in the whole state. It was a three-year program, but they had seen the future and they joined with Dallas Baptist College at the point, at that point, and began their baccalaureate program. So we had, um, those nurses or professors who were all masters prepared if a couple were PhD type. It wasn't real common in the 70s, at least in, in this Texas area, to have a lot of nurse PhDs. And so uh, the nurses that were our instructors were very, uh, they were very patient focused. This was, you know, this is before nurse practitioners, uh, PAs were just being talked about. Uh, I know I can take you back to the dark ages if you're listening to this, but, but what, especially in our school, they wanted us and they talked about that we would be nurse practitioner type people. We were baccalaureate prepared and that we were to act and talk and, and deal every day uh, as if we were the real professional there. We weren't, we weren't just, you know, any, any floor nurse, not anything, there's, there's not anything wrong with, with choosing to do that your whole entire career. But, uh, but they also, at that time, uh, and I know you're much younger than me, Katie, but um, they, you know, we, could, we had to have our hair up all the time. You could not use 
Uh, you cannot wear earrings of any sort unless they were tiny, tiny. We wore that dumb hat. Um, and we had a, a nursing, a school nursing uniform. Oh, so awful. But it was blue plaid and then we had a white pinafore over it. Uh, but they, what they instilled in me really in New York nursing school was you are to act like you know what you're doing, um, whether you know what you're doing or not. And if you don't know what you're doing, you better figure it out because someone's life depends on it. Um, I then went, um, I swore I would never really work in the hospital. I don't, I don't know. You shouldn't sit and say what you are going to do. I, I mentioned to a lot of people that I swore I would never sit behind a desk and I would never uh, just do paperwork all day. And so therefore, uh, don't ever say never. Um, so, but I about uh, somewhere along the way, I, I started having some kids and I started teaching prenatal classes. Um, and, you know, at that point we called everything Lamaze for a big hospital in the Dallas area. And I would go on the floor, and this is, again, before we had certified lactation specialists. Uh, and I would work with the moms, and then they, Medical City in Dallas, which still exists today, had this brand new phenomenal system where they would record us teaching a class, and then they would pay, play it internally on their internal system. So I taught bottle feeding classes and baby care classes and, and I had big fuzzy hair because by this time it was the 1980s. And for years, literally for years, those ran on their internal network. It was so embarrassing. I can't even tell you, I don't know what I was thinking when I got out of bed that morning, but it wasn't a good look. Um, and so uh, anyway, and then I, then my husband, um, he decided to get his PhD and we moved to Lubbock, Texas. And I um, really, if you're from the Dallas area, I think because of my nursing background and kind of the mindset they instilled, I thought it was all the country, which is such an insult to Lubbock. Lubbock has a wonderful medical center uh, for many miles around in that area of Texas and New Mexico. Um, but I, I got the opportunity to set up a class for a mother and baby and, and they would, this is the time before laws changed, the mother would stay 24 hours and then I would go do a home visit on day three. And I say all this to say, um, I, you know, I had all these kids, I have five children and I had four every two years for a while. Um, I, you know, and they, they've, they've been a huge blessing in my life. And nursing prepared me in ways I can't even say to be a better mother. I've, I've really never regretted being a nurse. I've never read it, regretted going to baccalaureate program, which is almost essential these days. Uh, and, and certainly never regretted doing the path that I've done. But I discovered home care uh, during this. I, I was teaching a prenatal class and they were carrying a beeper and they, um, I said, what do you do? And she said, well, I do these home visits. Uh, so I, I, you know, carry this beeper and I work part-time and I go do a visit and I take care of the patient and I teach them and do whatever skill. Really at this point, my 10 years in the hospital, I didn't say this, I worked in neonatal intensive care. I never really wanted to work with adults. I did a little bit of a 
you know, of, um, of, of labor and delivery, just enough to make me dangerous, um, but mainly worked in some kind of intensive care nursery. Um, and so, but, so here all of a sudden, 10 years after I'd gotten out of school, um, I, I thought, well, maybe I can do this home health thing. Um, and so I will say, I, I probably really wasn't prepared, but I went to work for a nurse who desperately needed another nurse uh, to do home care. And it was kind of teach one, do one. And, and you probably don't know this, it's probably all online, but I had these big, this big book called the, the Lippincott Manual. And, and so before I would go out and see a congestive heart failure patient, I would like look it up. <laughs> What's say? What are the signs and symptoms? Because I was thinking, this is like an adult. What if they like try to have a heart attack on me? Uh, so I would look this up and I would go see this patient. And as I look back on it now, really that had to do with my nursing school. You, you, you don't go see a patient. Um, they could die. Uh, and so I, I have this mindset and, and the truth is, I then took over as director, probably not really qualified at 32 to be in charge of a bunch of patients. And, and I, I then bought that agency. I sold it a couple of years later. I, I started another agency um, and then did that company 2004. I started into another business and then did that until 2018. In 2018, I, um, I sold that business and started a consulting firm and also uh, what has been my heart's desire truly to help. And, and because of nursing is mostly women, even today, um, it, my heart has really been to help women achieve whatever, whatever goals they wanna be. And some people, they just wanna work two days a week and they wanna to go to work and go home and do a great job. And I respect that, I've been there. Or they, they need to work and make some money because they have to support themselves or support their family. But all the while nursing has allowed me to do that. Um, and I also have the Marcel Combs company and that's what does that. I do a podcast now. Um, so even though I am very clinical, I would tell you I'm a nurse's nurse. I, I'm your, I always would say, talking to nurses, I'm your best friend or your worst enemy. You decide. Uh, but these are my patients, and if you go out and see them, I expect you to do a good job. And I don't expect you um, to drop the ball um, and, and so I, you know, I still, uh, occasionally I'll be called on to, uh, use my clinical skills to do assessment and help people. And, and that may be more of a long answer than you wanted about telling us about your nursing career. In my fifties, which was been about 10 years ago or now, um, I went back, one of my long-term desires was to get my master's. When I graduated from college, I thought it would be in nursing. Um, by the time I walked this road, it was a life goal and I got my master's in leadership uh, from a university, did it mostly online. Um, not because it, financially it would help me or anything like that, but for me, um, I think it's important for nurses to set out financial goals um, and understand profit and loss statements, um, 
you know, I think it's important for you to set out loud goals and, and not let yourself off easy of not achieving those. Yeah, I think that's something that's important because, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the, you know, I see a lot of nurses that are lost, either they're in a master's program because they don't know what else to do or they're burnt out in their, their nursing unit because they don't know what else they can do and, or, you know, they're working five jobs because they can't manage their money properly. So that, that's definitely a, a big, um, a big issue. Um, so what, or when did you, so you said something that made me laugh because um, you said you had swore that you would never uh, be a paper pusher or be behind the desk. And I did something similar when I was a nurse. When I first started out, I said, the two things I'll never do is work neuro and work nights. And lo and behold, my first job ended up being neuro shift at night um, in South Texas, nonetheless. Well, it was a really small town. <laughs> you know, <yeah>. so, um, <laughs> and then I ended up spending the rest of my career in neuro. So um, I, I don't challenge the universe anymore. <laughs> but um, so at what point did you transition into, were you in um, administration like C-suite? Um, and then how did that kind of lead to what you're doing you know, now? The truth is that... Um, that small agency that I went to work for, which, which I'll always credit um, the director of that agency, because as I said, I was fresh out of, you know, teaching prenatal classes and doing uh, neonatal intensive care. And because I was another RN, she taught me everything and never made me feel stupid. I mean, she, I mean, I didn't really, I had never catheterized a male, an adult male patient. Um, sure, I was baccalaureate prepared, but, but the number one thing, and, and I know this wasn't really your question, but if I can encourage any nurses, that even if you think, oh my word, what are they teaching in these nursing schools? Don't say it. Um, you can have someone who's a gem for you. Um, because I worked for that agency, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the director, which was the manager of that location, um, and this was late 80s, uh, so Medicare Home Health was fairly new on the block then, um, but she was leaving, and the truth is, uh, there was only one other RN who worked there, and I knew I couldn't work for her. And, and the director came to me and said, I think that you would be considered for this job if you want it. And it, I mean, it wasn't a large um, company at all. We were fairly small doing care. And the whole reason I decided um, to take the job was because I didn't want, I didn't want to have to switch jobs. I had a bunch of little kids. Literally, I had a two, four, six, eight-year-old uh, at home. My husband's working on his PhD. Um, and I just didn't want to switch jobs. I mean, and so that's, that's why I took it. I, I was hired over the phone. And I don't think that the owner of this company thought I would make it. I really don't. I think he, I, I think if he told him, and I think he, he told some other people, I, I don't think she's going to make it. She's got all these kids. Um, she's probably not going to make it. And I, I talked to my husband about it. And he said, you know, Marcel, if you could just work six months full time, I think we would be like a little more on our feet. Uh, we'll <laughs> 
Well, that was 1986, uh, and I, I had uh, I pretty much worked full time since then. So, in fact, he's retired now, and I'm still working. But, but then a few years after that, the truth is, I just decided. And I think this is a good thing to decide. If I was going to work, I was going to uh, love what I did. And, and I, I read this article, it's probably not an authoritative source about mothers of children who worked, that the outcomes with the children weren't any different as long as the mother was happy at work. So I think if you ask my adult children now, did mom love her job? I think they would say yes. And so I would every day say, I'm gonna to try to have fun at work uh, and I'm gonna do this. And so really I fell in love with, um, with home care, uh, which would lead to hospice and a lot of other things. And I, with almost no money, I begged the current owner. I knew he was gonna to sell to sell it to me. Um, he basically financed it and backed my line of credit at the bank. Um, and really for no real good reason. There, there was really no good reason. Now I had learned a lot from him. He was a, an independent business guy. He at the time was doing medical equipment. Uh, he was doing home health and he just, he wanted out of home health because uh, home health is a big risk from a federal perspective. And if you don't know, Medicare can take your home. You're, you know, they take anything that doesn't breathe. Um, and you, every single day, um, even the threat of fraud, uh, even, even if years later you were proved to not do anything, uh, the threat of that is, is pretty hefty. So, so really that led, he was really my business mentor and uh, he was a pharmacist and, and he gave me the first chance to do that. And fortunately, um, I, I'm a big reader. And so I read everything possible to try to, um, you know, become that small business owner, which would lead to, I think, I mean, I sold in 2018, we were probably around $60 million company when I sold in 2018. Uh, so we we were pretty. I mean, we were a large. I would always say we were a large company, but I did it from the ground up. So it wasn't like, you know, overnight. It was over twenty five, thirty years. And so, what was the impetus for selling that in twenty eighteen? Were you just ready to do something else? You know, um, I just I, I had done it for so long. Payroll. My payroll was about 1.2 million every two weeks. Um, you know, we had gone through eight years of cut from Medicare, the regulations. Um, you know, I, I had the opportunity to interview uh, my congressman yesterday for Home Care News. And, you know, the, the issue with value-based care is a great one. Who doesn't want better quality for less money, right? I mean, who, who doesn't want that? But the problem is our healthcare people are spending so much time proving their outcomes, proving they're providing value-based care that they don't have a lot of time to do it. And I, I think I was on the edge of knowing at any given day, 
you know, they can take everything you've worked for. And, and truly, as I, we were about to go, we went through a major um, change January 1st, 2020. And I knew that was gonna happen in the next couple of years. I'm pretty involved, not, not you know, politically, because you have to be if you're a Medicare provider. Um, and so you have to know what's going on and you have to have a voice because if you don't have a voice, someone's going to have a voice and home care and hospice are a very small slice of that picture. So, you know, I just, when I looked at that, I just felt like it was time and I am in my sixties now um, and I knew what it was going to take to go through another major change. We'd had one in the year 2000 and I knew what it was going to take to do that and, and really frankly, I just thought we're so big and you know, it, this is really, I'm not going to be here in 20 years. So my employees need a place to go. Now, you know, I, I could sit for the last two years, I, I would go through all my could have, what he should have on doing that. But, um, and I worked for them for about six months. I'm just not, um, I'm more of an entrepreneur than I am a big corporate C-suite girl. I don't do as I'm told. Um, I don't play the political game. I, I, you know, of course I know how to be polite and appropriate, but, uh, and they're, they're a wonderful company that's doing a great job, uh, but it's hard. Uh, and so I knew, I knew that. And so what I ended up actually doing, I had a small division, it's about, was about 500,000 in revenue a year that they were not going to keep. And so I actually ended up taking that back over from them and formed Mac Legacy, which does healthcare consulting, education, outsource coding, that kind of thing. Um, and so that's one of the businesses. What I had planned on doing was just the Marcel Combs company. And I've actually just finished one book and I have because I was asked to do a companion book to this. The first one's not even published. And so I, I'm working on the second companion book. So who knows if anyone's gonna really read them. Uh, but the second one's on teams and I, I love to lead people uh, and I miss, I miss having a big group of people, but I have a great core team in the companies that I'm doing now. So, you know, obviously I didn't, but this is a very, um, controllable business, at least for today. Yeah. So what is the, the Marcel Combs? Uh, is it uh, like a, an empire or what is this business model? Like? <laughs> I, I do not have an empire unless you consider the children and the grandchildren an empire. The Marcel Combs company is, is set up mainly to have an impact on women. And that's my number one goal. Not, not saying I didn't lead a lot of men, but again, because nursing and particularly home care and hospice, um, because we provide so many nursing services, it's been a lot of females. And because I had to go to work, I didn't say have to go to work, but I mean, there were children to feed and I needed to help support the family. Uh, and thankfully I chose a career that would always do that. Um, that, um, you know, I, the Marshall Combs Company, um, my number one goal is to impact women in some way. So I've just written a book on management, which is not just female focused, um, 
but it's called friendship management and it's been my management style. I had strong tenure. We were um, in most markets, the uh, employer of choice, certainly the Lubbock market. We we're, was my first agency. We were the employer of choice. Uh, and that didn't have to do with money. Uh, that had to do with how you treat people every day. Um, and it's a good lesson for nurses to understand if you want more nurses to take your place and help you, you have to be nice to them uh, and you have to treat them well and you have to teach them what they don't know. And, and nurses are horrid about eating our own and that's not going to reproduce. That, who's gonna take care of us? This is what I said. Who's gonna walk in my door um, when I need it and, and help me? Who's that gonna be? Um, and if I haven't helped that some way, then shame on me. Um, and I would say that to any nurse, uh, stop complaining about your job. Go find a different one. There are a million things to do, a million things to do in nursing and go, go do one of those. Don't stay stuck where you are. Um, you take a chance, jump off the uh, Do Do something, oh my goodness. So, yeah, no, we, we say that a lot too, because that's, uh, you know, I think the burnout um, or what they say is burnout is just like, you know, there's so many things that you could possibly do in nursing, but yet everybody seems to stay in their med surge unit or the trauma unit. It's like, okay, but there's a million uh, other things that you could right. do and <laughs> just move on. Um, so okay so what is it so the focus is impacting women so do you have like programs that you work with women or, or how do you well help that them? that company um has certainly been fairly young so if you look at it we're about 14 months old um and so my number one thing had been to start the podcast write the book and then then truly we're just in an embryonic stage and um you know, developing training plans from that. Now I've got to say COVID has um, made all of life interesting. Um, you know, I, I speak a lot uh, and have been mainly industry topics, um, but my number one goal too is to speak on subjects um, more impactful. I, my favorite subjects to speak on are recruitment and retention, um, you know, uh, those type of employee, how do you develop employees? How does that work? How do you, how do you do in a society where you're full of laws? How do you try to treat people individually? Um, so, so that's my impact. This, the companion book that's coming along that's not named yet has to do with teams and remote in remote settings and so the goal is to have both of those ready uh, friendship management is ready to it's a manuscript form uh, the team's book will be done at the end of january uh, but i continue to you know focus in with my other business mac legacy on uh, industry topics um, that all have to do with home care or hospice and some fashion but to try to focus on leadership in general 
Yeah, I think the uh, doing the podcast and writing the book first uh, for like the platform that you're doing is such a great idea because uh, it really establishes you. I mean, you've already established, but um, so what kind, have you, you've launched the podcast yeah, already? You're already the doing podcast that? And you can find that at my website at marcelcombs.com. All the links are there. And I have had a great time. I, I know you've been doing this for a while. We've only been doing it uh, for a few months here and just launched, I think, we might have started uh, recording in about June and then edited and launched this fall. But I have had a blast um, just getting to know women that are from all different walks of life. Uh, I've really only interviewed, not, not by design, but um, just, just because, uh, two different people that were really clinical from a clinical background, one who is a psychologist and another one who is uh, a wonderful woman who is in charge of a very large home care uh, um, in Michigan. And, you know, but I, I've interviewed authors and leaders of nonprofits and I, I can't even begin to tell you, I've had a blast. Uh, just getting to know them just a little half a second because you know the truth is um with with covid i probably will not meet them face to face um i mean you know maybe but you know maybe someday we'll be able to get out of the house again and actually roam freely in the world yeah, for me, the podcast has been the most uh, connecting thing and also getting to meet people like uh, you and everybody else that I've interviewed and everybody has a fascinating story to tell. And one of the kind of the uh, guiding forces of this was to um, present nurses with inspiring mm -hmm. um, women nurses or male nurses too, but nurses that are doing something interesting and different and not just working on the med surge floor and that that's what you want to do, that's wow. fine. But, um, you know, they, they had bigger, broader dreams uh, and whether they were afraid or not to pursue them, they did, you know, and just they found, the courage, found the courage to do it. So, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I think about the, when I first bought my first agency, it's like you go to bed one night, you're completely out of debt, um, and you wake up the next morning and you're a million dollars in debt and payrolls in two weeks. I mean, if you want to stop, and, and the truth is I never had an investor. So it was always just me and the bank, which, you know, banks love to give you money when you don't need it. Um, and I, I'd be happy. And, and most of my banking friends would agree with that wholeheartedly they don't want to give it to anyone who doesn't have any money which oh my goodness that's what i would say to them if i didn't need the money <laughs> i couldn't be here use my own money so uh but you know being a female walking through those years has been interesting i think um i think nurses need to lay down the excuses and you need to read the books about accounting and you need to figure out you need to know the answer before you go in a meeting and if, if that's what you want to do and and stop complaining uh, and do something about it I, I'm heartbroken um, from the perspective that I feel like nurses uh, would make the best 
CEOs of hospitals, uh, but uh, we weren't willing at the time the movement happened to pick up the profit and loss statements and learn business. I mean, I never had a business course until uh, I went to get my master's. Um, there were no, I mean, I had statistics. I was always pretty good in math, but I, you know, my curriculum did not have any business classes at the undergraduate level. I hear now at the master's level, they may be teaching one or two classes, but I feel like that's criminal. Um, if, you, if you want to do that, there's so many resources. You can learn anything in a book. Yeah. When I started a nonprofit um, with my company, I didn't have a clue how to answer the lawyers' um, questions. See, lawyers ask you questions, but if you don't know enough to answer the questions, there's a problem. And this was, oh, I guess, probably 12 years ago. I went to the, I, the other gal and I who were doing it, went to the library and bought uh, Beginning Nonprofits for Dummies. Uh, and so the dummy books are great books. I have no stock in them. I don't even know who publishes them, but they are great books uh, if you want to learn anything because it's very simple and straightforward. Yeah, that's funny. You know, I've had those conversations with my lawyer and I'm like, look, I just don't understand the question. If you want to break it down for me pretty simply, then maybe I can answer it. <laughs> but like, <laughs> the jargon, the, you know, that's what, you know, the jargon, it's too much. Um, all right, um, Marcel, so coming to the end of this, what is kind of like the big vision for you? Like, what do you see um, where, where this is going for you and what would be what you consider like your biggest success in the Marcel Combs company? You know, I have this crazy, um, I was sitting, and I don't know if you know who uh, John Maxwell is, but I, I'm fortunate enough to know him personally. And um, I was sitting in a small group with him and he, he was talking about having goals and that he's decided a person shouldn't have goals, but they kind of, when the day is done, they're kind of aspirations. And the reason goals, because there's a finish line. You know, when you do achieve something, what then? That's that's kind of like retirement for a lot of people, I think. You, you at this day and age, you better not just retire because you probably have a lot of living to do out of that. What are you going to retire to? So, so he asked this question and what popped in my head was I would consider it a success if I could impact a million women. How am I gonna count that? What's that gonna look like? I don't have a clue. Uh, but but I I think and, and I will I will say I love I love men, don't get me wrong. I have four sons uh, who are along with my husband, the top men in my life, and I, I happen to have three grandsons and Trust me, they're a lot higher than any of the rest. Uh, and then I have three granddaughters, but you know, I, and I have one daughter, um, but um, you know, I think my mission is to, to help women achieve whatever they think they can achieve in whatever way. Uh, there, there are steps that you can take to do that. There, there really are. Uh, and a lot of those are scary. Um, I, I always say, you know, I was actually talking to one of my sons who was going into buying into a business he's involved with. And I just said, 
you know, every day it's, if you play spades, it's five or nello, um, and you don't really know. And, and no matter how many years you've been in business and how many people tell you how great you are and how successful you are, you, you, can, you can fail a half a second later. It's like you said earlier, who would have predicted 2020 and this pandemic, this is the United States of America, who, who would expect a shutdown uh, to our whole business community? Nobody can expect that, and yet you've got to get up every day. I always say I would go to, press to, be, go to bed depressed thinking I'm, I'm just going to lose everything. It's all going to be over, and I would get up in the morning and make a plan, and that's where being a nurse helps you because you're taught a nursing process. And after a while, everything in your being works like that. Um, it, it's the way you think, and it's the, the best preparation for anything, but you have to do that um, in, in every way. So for the Marshall Combs Company, uh, I would really define success, um, if I can hit that, million women um, and and I I'm making it up a little bit as I go along uh, if you're an entrepreneur you know this uh, you may set out and think I'm gonna do this and it's gonna make this much money and in the end it doesn't doesn't really turn out that way but along that path you might have discovered something else and that's what really makes money for you pays the rent keeps the light on I never really, um, I did have a financial goal in mind, um, which I will say I hit, but um, I, it was never about money for me. Um, I, I love the game. I yeah. love the challenge. Um, yeah, you think it's about the money, but then you hit the money mark and it's anticlimactic and you're just like, oh, well. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, and, and with the book, I, I mean, I think, I don't know anything about the publishing world. Oh, my word. And they don't care a flip about me. Let me just say that. They don't, you know, unless I have a million followers, they don't care about me. Exactly. Uh, so, so that's all real interesting, too. It's a humbling experience. Um, I, any entrepreneur will tell you this. You might succeed in one area, but... You know, if you're going to stretch yourself and you're going to go, you're going to do more things and you're not going to settle for where you are. I, I hope that the last day I learned something new is my last day on this earth. And I really, that, that drives me crazy every day, drives my husband crazy, who is gleefully retired military, gleefully. Uh, he's so happy not to have to stretch himself or doing that um you know he he loves to exercise but out, outside of that you know he he's all good if i want to run around and be crazy anyway I, and i would i would i'm i'm always here um and you know anyone can reach out with, to me um you know via email if you go to my website you'll be able to get in touch with me and you have to spell my name right um, but if you find me, I'm, I'm always happy to help and support. And even if you just want to say, I just don't think it's worth it today. Well, some days it's not, it's really frankly not. Um, but most days you can just have a good time. Just have a good time every day. 
Marcel, that I think it will end on that because that was great. Um, thank you so much for doing this podcast episode with us. Well, and thank you, Katie, so much for focusing on nurses and supporting them. And, and I, uh, I appreciate that and just I'm honored to be asked to be as part of this. Thank you.